This is the story of how Samuel Goodwin, an American, moved to the Netherlands to start an indie software company. The first app I tried to build on Apple platforms was Pong. I made this when I was first learning Objective-C because I got my first Apple laptop and thought it might be cool to learn to make a game on it. To make Pong, I learned about the way OS X handles drawing and how it handles frame rates. I also learned a lot about video game math. My initial math for the position of the ball resulted in weird parabolic movement that didn't make any sense and got some help from a random stranger on IRC who helped me figure it out. Back then, IRC was super helpful in learning to program because there weren't that many people trying to learn Objective-C, and so there weren't that many people asking questions, which meant that the people there who could answer questions were very patient and totally okay with answering the same dumb question over and over and over again. So many times I came to them with questions that were basically, I was missing a semicolon, or I was missing an at symbol somewhere, but they were nice enough to help me out and help me learn to program. The next app I tried to make was a video diary called Remember. My laptop had a built-in webcam for the first time and I wanted to take advantage of this. Apple had their QuickTime APIs so that you could record directly from the camera and do something with the file as part of your app. And I thought this would be really cool to make like a video diary instead of having to type or handwrite a diary every day. I had no idea what I was doing. I I may have read the documentation, but I didn't really understand what it said, and I definitely could not get anything to work. Conveniently, this is right before I went to WWDC for the first time, so I brought it with me into the lab at the conference where the people who wrote the QuickTime APIs were happy to sit down with me and explain how they worked. They didn't care that I was a student who had no idea what he was doing and barely had any business being there in the first place. They just helped me with my questions and made it to where my app worked. Another app I tried to make early on was an app that was probably a bit ahead of its time. It was a TV tracking app called Binge. At the time I was watching a lot of whole series where they had been downloaded ahead of time because I didn't have regular television and was just getting these off of my friend's servers. I found a website that offered an API which had information about TV shows and seasons and episodes so that I could make an app to keep track of what shows you've already seen while you're in the process of watching through a whole series. This was kind of ahead of its time, I think. Now that people have things like Netflix streaming and Amazon streaming, they're doing it a lot more than they did back then. Uh, so I don't think anyone really cared when I tried to make it. To build the app, I had to learn about XML and XML parsing. And specifically on the Mac, I learned how to do streaming XML parsing to make it faster. And I learned to work with Cocoa Bindings and Core Data to build an app that I thought was pretty decent. I reached out to Mike Lee, who later became my friend, to get advice on the project. He would point out when the app didn't look like a typical Mac app or when performance was not very good. And I really felt like I had something there. And I published a beta of it online where people could download it. I didn't hear from anybody, so I assumed that nobody downloaded it and nobody cared. But it turns out, I discovered years later, that my mom had been using this app the entire time. She had a DVR at home and was recording TV shows because she often was too busy to watch them when they came on, and was using my app to keep track of which episodes were safe to delete whenever she was running out of space on the DVR. I didn't really try to make my own app after that for a while. I was finishing college and starting work and moving around. It wasn't until after I came to Amsterdam that I tried again to make an app for myself. 
At the time, there weren't very many good podcasting apps available for iOS, and I was convinced that I could make a better one. I already knew about streaming parsing, which was great on the iPhone because that was the only way you could do it. I knew all about networking from my work, and I was pretty confident that I could make something that I thought performed well and looked decent. I spent more than a year in between client projects working on this, and I eventually got something that did work, at least for myself, for a good three or four months while I tried to figure out how to make it look nicer once it was functioning. This is when the apps that I think of as really great podcasting apps came out. Castro had come out. Overcast was on the way, and I quickly lost faith in my ability to compete with these people when I wasn't very well known, and my app was probably not going to look quite as nice as theirs because they were much better at it. After that, I was kind of bummed with how long I had spent on an app that I didn't finish, and I wanted to make something that was a little bit less scope intensive. I used the new Twitter APIs that came out in iOS 5, I believe, to make an app that just quickly allowed you to search for a user on Twitter and either follow or unfollow them. To me, this seemed like it would be really handy when you go to a conference or a meetup and you exchange Twitter handles with the people you just met. You could quickly search for their name, hit follow on them without opening your normal Twitter app where you would get notifications and messages and quickly be distracted by everything else that was going on and lose context. I paid a friend of mine to do the design work so that it could look like a really serious app and attempted to publish this to the store. Apple initially rejected it, citing that it didn't have enough functionality to count as a whole app, which I thought was funny because I originally was not going to publish it, and I talked to somebody who happens to be the editor-in-chief of a web magazine who said to me, why don't I have this on my phone? This is an amazing idea. Apple didn't agree with that, and even after I appealed the rejection and tried to explain where this would be super useful to not have very many other features, they maintained that the app was not a full app and would never be published in the store. I messed with some other projects after that, but nothing that went beyond the experiment phase. I was really looking for something that I thought would actually be useful for people. Xcode is the tool that most of us are using to build our Mac and iOS apps. And two or three years ago, they released a version of it that supported official plugins. Previously, plugins were sort of a hack that happened to know about internals of Xcode and were able to work despite not being supported. And now there was an avenue for actual supported plugins. I thought this might be useful to make something with and made myself a JSON formatter. When you're working on mobile app projects, it's very common that you're working with a server team who will routinely send you unformatted JSON. JSON is a, a basic file format, and the, when the server is sending this to the phone normally, it takes all the spaces out to make that a little bit smaller. That's not very handy to read, so my plugin would format that into something you could actually read once you got the file onto your computer and had it in your Xcode project. The way plugins work on macOS, you can't just publish a plugin. You have to publish an app that happens to provide a plugin. So I built up an app around it and released an app called Formatter. Formatter provides a window where you can drop your JSON files onto it and it will format them in place where they are on your computer. It provides a quick look plugin as well so that without actually modifying the file, you can make it quickly readable to see what the file is and provided this Xcode plugin that I built, which allows for that easy formatting inside your Xcode project. I worked with the designer I'd worked with before, this time hopefully on a project that would get approved by Apple and package that up into a nice app. That app is still for sale today and makes more money than anything else that I've tried to do before it. The most recent app I've tried to build is Publisher. Publisher started as an attempt to write a plugin to publish to Ghost, 
which is a blogging platform that I use to run my site. Ghost provides a web editing experience, but I generally don't like web editing experiences, and I know a lot of people who don't. So I wanted to make something that would allow you to use what you're used to using to write and would take care of the publishing to your blog when you were ready. Also by this time I had gotten really into unit testing and functional testing and really wanted to push the limits of how much I could test. The first version of Publisher had test coverage at about 80 to 85%. That means about 85% of the code in the entire app is executed in the tests and tested. I released version one with Ghost support and then later made an update that added WordPress support because I knew a lot of people used WordPress and maybe would like to use the app as well. Right after I did this, I noticed that Ghost had finally updated their API with a proper authentication system, and I added support for that as well. Since Publisher represents more of an ongoing effort to maintain support for these blogs and not so much a one-time product that you can purchase and use, I wanted to try subscription pricing for the app. Apple's subscription model also allows for giving initial people a set price so that even if you raise the price later in time, people who signed up before would keep their old price. I thought this was really cool because it would reflect the growth of the app. So people who took a risk on the app and signed up at the very beginning got a pretty good deal, I think. And as I added features and functionality, I raised the price gradually for new customers. Formatter and Publisher are the two apps that I currently maintain in my effort to make money on my own apps. Neither of them are successful enough to replace my client work, unfortunately, but I'm hoping that some combination of continuing them and maybe finding something else that's super useful will help me get there. I really do enjoy client work and helping teams do things better and make things faster, make things more effective, but I also really enjoy working on my own apps and I would like to make it to where more of my time was spent on those. If you're interested in Runwell Software's products or services, you can check me out at runwellsoftware.com. in the recording. Yeah, now he doesn't know what to do because I looked yeah. at him as soon as he moved. Now he's nervous. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. I just need you to move so I can finish.